0: All right, welcome in. Cube Show podcast, a college football podcast. And we got a lot to get into today. Bowl season already underway. Six bowls yesterday. SEC doesn't get going for about another week, a little bit past that. And we'll have time to preview those a little bit later. Uh, We have a lot that we want to discuss today, but honestly, I'm not going to do a hour and a half, two hour podcast on everything that's taking place. So I'm going to kind of break this up this week and do two different podcasts. So the SEC schedule for 2024 came out. I want to go through that, give you some of my thoughts there. A couple of other things happen around the league. And then because there's so many guys in the portal, so many guys coming in from the portal to different SEC schools, I'll give you my film evaluations, my thoughts, what I'm hearing about some of those players coming in in sort of version two of this week. Christmas is next week anyway, so we're not going to get one out next Sunday, which will be Christmas Eve. I've got the Birmingham Bowl next Saturday. And there's going to be a lot that happens before then, probably a little bit after that. We'll go ahead and drop another one of other guys in the portal. And then we'll take a look ahead and preview some of the SEC Bowl matchups. Come back the following Sunday, which will be right before, I think, uh, the New Year's Day Bowls. And then we'll sort of preview those and review back all the SEC Bowl games that have taken place before that. It's just kind of information overload right now with a couple of coaching changes. And all these kids in the portal, Uh, there's over 5,300 players in the portal uh, this cycle, which is just completely insane when you think about it. And I do want to, I was just going to skip all the portal guys and say, you know what? Like, we're not going to go into that. We're not going to talk about it this time because there's just too much. Like, if I showed you my pages of notes of guys in the portal that I've been taking, it's insane to think about. But I am going to talk about one school specifically and what they are doing because it's pretty next level and they're a team that has a chance to be very scary next year. Some of that because of the schedule that's out, and then some because of the talent that they're adding. So we'll go through a couple of those. We'll talk about that, and we'll get into it. As you guys know, each and every week, brought to you by Wickle's Pickles, wickedly delicious. We've always got them here at the house, and they are delicious. We snack on them. We eat them. You can go to at Wickle's Pickles on Instagram, and you'll be able to see exactly some of the things that you can do with them and exactly what they have. Uh, They've got different different ingredients, different ways that you can use them, uh, different recipes. They are fantastic. We always appreciate Wickels being a, a sponsor of the show. Go by your local grocery store. If they don't have them, ask for them. Tell them you want them. And if not, you can go to wickelspickles.com. Use promo code CUBE. Save 15% on your entire order, and they'll drop ship them to your house, and you'll have them. Right there, like we do, so we appreciate them. All right, 2024 SEC football schedule, first and foremost. Um, When I saw these come out, and I did tweet this out. I talked to Josh Pate about this on his show earlier in the week. My initial thought when I saw these was there's nobody who's going to see any of these schedules and say to themselves, I should have gone to nine. Oh, it should have been nine. It should have been nine games, nine conference games. Look at this. Look how weak this is. Why aren't we at nine? I just don't believe that's real. I I don't believe anybody looked at that and said that. Now, when I tweet that out, almost all of the responses, 80% of the responses, yes, 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 should have. Why don't they? Needs to be, need to go to nine. Again, I'm going to ask you the question, not what do you want, not what do you prefer, not what do you wish we had, because we all wish it was nine games. But I think anybody who has any semblance of what it's like going through the grind of a football season doesn't look at this and say, yeah, I probably need another really difficult physical game on there. Probably be best for the guys, especially going to a 12-team playoff. That'd really be good. Let's just ramp it up. Let's just keep ramping it up. Pass that further and further. So I just don't think that people, if they were thinking about it from a realistic perspective, other than what they want, selfishly, sure, great, fine. You can have it. No problem. And we all want it. But I just think from a realistic perspective, nobody was looking at that thing saying, man, we need another one. Why is there not another one? Can't believe they did this. Uh, So we'll run through just a couple of things that I took away from some of these schedules. Got them right here in front of me. We'll just go alphabetically. For Alabama, I thought Alabama got out pretty good. I thought this was um, they caught some serious breaks in this schedule. And, you know, you get – first off, I love the fact that they get Western Kentucky, South Florida, and Wisconsin in the first three games of the year. At Wisconsin, you know, that's, that's a rough place to go play. Camp Randall's – it's a tough place to play. September 14th is going to be a lot different than November 14th. So that in and of itself is an advantage. But then you get the Tyson-Helton offense. You get the golish offense, which is essentially Tennessee's offense. And then you get the Phil Longo offense, which there are going to be portions of those that mirror what you're going to see from Tennessee, Missouri, LSU, Oklahoma, and Auburn all later on your schedule with less talent at those three schools. And, you know, they run them extremely well. So I I think that that's a big advantage just to be able to have your secondary and your defense face those three offenses in the first three weeks of the season So any kind of sort of spread, hurry-up-up tempo, briles, shoot-the-ball-down-the-field, air-raid concepts that you wanted to sort of test yourself against and see what you have and what you're capable of, you'll be able to do it in those first three games. Um, They get a week off before they play Georgia. They get a week off before they play LSU. They don't have back-to-back road games for the entire schedule. Those are a couple of things that greatly benefit Alabama. You're at Vanderbilt, at Tennessee, at LSU, at Wisconsin. Yeah, the road schedule's rough. Then you go to Norman, Oklahoma before you play the Iron Bowl. Nobody wants to have that game before the Iron Bowl. A little bit different than the traditional lettuce weekend that we have seen in the past in the Southeastern Conference. I think we're all glad that we're getting away from that. That way that week leading into Thanksgiving is not just going to be a snooze fest for the, for the most part. But other than that, you look at – you know, I mentioned the first three. Open, you get Georgia at Vandy. South Carolina at home at Tennessee. Missouri. Then another bye week. That Missouri game feels like kind of a tough spot. You have South Carolina at home. Then you're at Tennessee. We know what that game's meant forever, and especially the last few years have been ramped back up some. Then you get a really physical Missouri team while you're looking ahead to a bye week. I always think think games before an off week are very dangerous because I can tell you as a former player, especially midway later through the season, like you're looking at that off week like, man, just get me there. Just get me like two days off of practice. I need the break. I want to get out of here. My body needs it. My brain needs it. So always a little bit dangerous. But you get them at home. Then you're off to go to LSU. Mercer, they actually do on a pretty tricky offense. Then at Oklahoma, of course, we know what that one's going to be. We'll find out a little bit more about what the quarterback's going to look like in this bowl game. A lot of people excited about it. Uh, And then you have the Iron Bowl, but you get it at home. So like I said, I, I feel like for the most part, Alabama got off pretty easy with the schedule, with a lot of the things that they avoided. We've been saying about Arkansas for the last however many years, it's the most difficult schedule in college football, and it's just completely insane. Um, you get Arkansas, Pine Bluff, then you're at Oklahoma State, UAB at home, you 200, Trent Dilfer should be fine there. Then you travel to Auburn in week four. So early road test week four. There you get A&M in Arlington, Tennessee at home. Take a week off for LSU, that's big. Mississippi State on the road after that. Then Ole Miss back at home. Then another week off before Texas. Uh, we know that's the old Southwest Conference rivalry. That thing was ramped up when they played there a couple of years ago. Then you get La Tech at Missouri. Um, it's, it doesn't look as daunting as some of the others that they've had in the past. And some I think is very dependent on what you're going to get from some of these other teams. Like does, does UAB take a real step? Um, does Missouri stay where they are? What does Mississippi State look like under Levy? A lot of these things we don't know. Is Texas another national championship contender? But it's – there's more winnable games, I feel like, depending on what Arkansas is going to look like, which we don't really know, uh, especially now with K.J. Jefferson going into the portal. That'll be episode two of this one. We'll get to that later in the week. But at Missouri, at State, A&M neutral, at Auburn, at Oklahoma State, and then you got that Pine Bluff game in Little Rock. So – you don't get to take advantage of that strong home field advantage as much as you'd like to, but it's not as bad as what we've seen in the past. It's not, I mean, it's not an easy schedule, by any stretch of the imagination. But there are portions of it that I think are a little bit lighter than the heavy lift they've had the last couple of years. All right, Auburn, main thing that sticks out, A&M, Alabama A&M, Cal, New Mexico, Arkansas, Oklahoma. First five games out of the gate, all at home. They don't leave Jordan-Hare Stadium until October the 5th. That's massive. You get that home field advantage to be able to figure out who you are, what you are, have that crowd behind you, build up some momentum before you travel to Athens, Georgia on October the 5th. And if you're looking for a little bit of an advantage there that you want to try to find, um, well, Georgia's at Alabama the week before Auburn travels to Athens. Maybe it's a little bit of an edge. I don't know how much it's going to matter uh, because Georgia's going to be the more talented football team. You get the week off after Georgia, uh, which you'd like to have it off before, but I also think it's big to have it off after because physically we know what that game's going to be. But then at Missouri, at Kentucky, keep in mind, they didn't leave Jordan-Hare Stadium until October the 5th. Auburn does not come back to Jordan-Hare Stadium until November the 2nd. So first month at home, second month away, November, Vandy, open date, La Monroe, Texas A&M at Alabama. Here's the part of the home stretch that I like. Vanderbilt, a team that you should be able to handle and you should be able to beat. Then you get a week off. So if you were to lose a guy, say, at Missouri, at Kentucky, to concussion or tightrope even, so, you know different things like that, like the chances to get them back for A&M and Alabama is very real, and maybe you don't drop a game because of it. Because you get Vandy, Open Date, La Monroe, then you get Texas A&M and Alabama. So I do kind of like how the back end of the, of the schedule favors if you need a guy back or if a guy was going to miss a couple weeks. You have a little bit of a buffer in there that you might be able to manage. And Auburn's not a team that's ready to have great depth anyway, so I don't think they have that going there late in the season. All in all, you're at Georgia and at Alabama, need I say less, that's a brutal schedule. Uh, but you, then you throw in playing at Missouri and at Kentucky in back-to-back weeks, technically you'll play three in a row – With Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky, you just have an off-week sandwich in between. So it's it's a tough road slate, but I do like to be able to build up some of that momentum in the first month of the season and a little bit of a buffer in the last month. Um, I'm just going to kind of stop right here and say this. I've never seen anything like this Florida schedule in my life. Maybe the AFC North in like the mid-2000s, but this is a literal death march. Like, this is unbelievable what this team is going to have to do. And, you know, Josh Payton, I had a cool discussion on his show about with this 12-team playoff coming and where some of the scheduling is going. We're going to have to change our process as to how we view teams with two losses, three losses. Hell, some years, maybe even four. Number one, we're not going to have as many undefeated teams or one-loss teams. So part of that is going to have to shift and not just say, oh, that team lost two games, they're out, they're no good. That team lost three games, don't even, don't even talk about them. You know the way, te- the way people talk about LSU this year, the way people talk about Arizona this year, nobody wants to give teams a lot of credit for beating those teams or having to play those teams. They're really good football teams, though. Um, you know Some of the traditional powers, like a Penn State, yeah, they hold on to that, and they still get credit for that. But there are others that people just look at and say, well, I, mean, I think it took people a while to get on board with Louisville this year. And how good of a football team that was. Like Until they knew they were going to be in the ACC championship game, not a lot of people would say, I had to play Louisville, though. Or, man, the Louisville game was tough. So we're going to have to change the way we view some of these teams. And honestly, guys, I don't know how long that's going to take. Is that going to be a year? Is it going to be two years? Is it going to be five years? Are we going to be at 16 when we finally get our brains ready to deal with that? I don't really know. But here it is. Miami at home. Sanford at home, A&M at home, at Mississippi State, bye week, Central Florida at home, at Tennessee, Kentucky, bye week, Georgia, neutral site as we know, at Texas, after you play Georgia technically on the road, LSU, Ole Miss, at Florida State, folks. Whoa, Nelly. All right, let's just take into consideration first. You're playing three teams inside the state of Florida. Miami, Central Florida, and Florida State. Um, Florida State on the road as well. You know those games are going to mean more. Just inherently they are. Uh, to the fans, to the people, there will be distractions. That's a lot in and of itself. Sanford runs traditional air raid. Chris Hatcher does a good job with that offense. That's one that you at least have to show up for and you got to play for. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mullen went to the fourth quarter with them a couple of years ago. It was like 72-59 or something. Um, at Mississippi State, at Tennessee, at Texas. How about this November? So let's just say you manage your schedule. You're fine. you're, you're, You're ahead of schedule. You're looking pretty good. And in the last month of the season, you play Georgia neutral site, Texas on the road, LSU Ole Miss at home, and then at Florida State. Wow. So basically what I'm saying is Florida fans, get your mind right as to what a good season would be with that schedule. So, I honestly, it's it's insane. It's one of the most difficult schedules I've ever seen. And one B to that would be Georgia. This is what I'll say about the Georgia schedule. If this wasn't Georgia, if this was Auburn, Mississippi State, South Carolina, maybe even Missouri, we would be talking about this schedule in a very different way. But because it's Georgia and we just – our brains are – Dialed into, oh, we got five stars all over the place. That's going to be a great football team, but they won back-to-back national titles. They were in the SEC championship game. No, this is still an absolute gauntlet of a schedule for the Bulldogs. Clemson in Atlanta, Tennessee Tech at home, at Kentucky. I don't like that for Georgia. I love that for Kentucky. We'll talk about it a little bit more from the Kentucky perspective later, but a team that physically has not been able to go toe-to-toe with you, partially because they've been beat up, and both teams may be being a little bit uncertain of who they're going to be, what they're going to be. Like we saw Georgia this year, it took them a little while to sort of gain that full identity on offense. And I will say, historically, Kentucky has not been a strong team out of the gate. Like they haven't started strong out of the blocks. So it's not like I really expect them to just be here we come, week three. But I do like where that game is for Kentucky a lot more than I do when it's, you know, week eight, nine, 10, whatever it's been the last few years. Then you get Mississippi State at home. You're at Texas after that. Open date, Florida, neutral. At Ole Miss, after you go to Jacksonville to play Florida, and then Tennessee at home, UMass, and then Georgia Tech at home to close it out. If that secondary and that pass rush are not ready, think about the stretch of Mississippi State, Auburn, Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee with a week sandwich in there back to back to back to back. It's a lot. It's a lot, man. That is a heavy, heavy lift. You open with Clemson. You close with Georgia Tech. Brinky, I think, has that thing on the up and up. You're at Bama. You're at Texas. You're at Kentucky. You're at Ole Miss, a team who has a chance to be pretty good next year. It's just a lot, man, and it deserves to be discussed as a more difficult schedule than it is. But it's Georgia, so people aren't going to want to do that, which we haven't even reset this past year with Georgia because Tennessee was a pretty good team. Missouri was a really good team. Kentucky was a pretty good team. Ole Miss was a really good team. And nobody went back and said, oh, Georgia, this cakewalk of a schedule that they had, actually, that was a little bit more difficult down the stretch. That was a tougher schedule than we thought they would have. Everyone just lets that be, I'm speaking more national, they just let that be the easy schedule that everybody thought it was going to be going into the season. So the resets are going to have to come in a lot of different ways, and rarely they do, which is why I'm concerned about how we're going to view these teams with multiple losses down the road. Kentucky, uh, they get a little bit of the advantage Auburn does starting out at home. Southern Miss, South Carolina, Georgia. Then they get Ohio at home. At Ole Miss in a bye week, Vanderbilt. So just right there, a chance to get off to a good start. Georgia, going to be tough, but early – I like that for Kentucky. Georgia may not know their identity on offense just yet, trying to replace some pieces. You've got some vets coming back. Vander comes in and maybe he's humming at quarterback. He's going to have the receivers. Offensive line hopefully takes a step. Brad Weiss controlling that defense. You're two of Liam Cohen. All I'm saying is it feels like there could be a better chance that one's competitive than what it's been the last few years. Um, the old Miss game, though, is going to be one that's a little bit different because obviously they're built – to play a different style of football than Kentucky is, and you're going to have to be ready to match that. At Florida, Auburn at home, at Tennessee, open date, Murray State, at Texas and Louisville. Um, I think the road schedule is really what sticks out. At Ole Miss, Florida, Tennessee, Texas. Ah, you, you, it's a good start to have the first four at home and then a bye week and then Vandy, which you could rack up some wins there by the halfway point. But those road games, brutal down the stretch. Just brutal down the stretch for Kentucky, and we know what Louisville was this year. Even though Kentucky got that win, that one at home, at least you're going to have that little bit of an advantage there. All right, LSU, one of these big non-con games for the SEC early in the year. Remember, we've already called out a couple of them. We're going to get even more. Southern Cal Sunday night Labor Day weekend in Las Vegas should be a lot of fun. Looks like Will Howard might be the next quarterback at USC. He's very capable. So that'll make it even more interesting. You would imagine Nuss going to be the guy for LSU. Should be a good one. Have the stage to itself. be awesome. Nichols at South Carolina. So, all right, here we are week three. You've gone two time zones over, and now you got to go another time zone the other direction and play in one of the most difficult places to play in the league. Don't love that, that the first three weeks you have to do that kind of travel. You'll get UCLA September the 21st. So we're going old school Pac-12 here on the front end. South Alabama, uh, they're going to lose a ton of talent this year. Just had a receiver out of the portal go to Louisville. So I don't think this going to be the same team that it was last year, but Kane Womack does a good job with that group. You get a week off, Ole Miss at home, at Arkansas, at A&M. Two tough places back-to-back. Week off before Bama, that's big. So you get a week off before Ole Miss to get ready for what looks like right now it might be one of the better offenses in the league. And then you get a week off for Alabama, which is obviously going to be huge. That's one that's been happening for years. And then you finish up at Florida, Vanderbilt, Oklahoma at home. Interesting that we went with the LSU and Oklahoma uh, to finish that thing off. But some of these were going to be weird, and we knew that. All right. Um, so, it's I mean, it's tough. I mean, the, the road schedule, the back-to-back road games, Arkansas and A&M. The two trips in the first three weeks of the season, the non-con with Southern Cal, UCLA – South Alabama is not a pushover. That's a difficult, so it's a tough schedule for LSU. Uh, we'll go to Ole Miss quickly. Now, this is the one that we're going to talk about Ole Miss here in a few minutes. All right? So, my friends over at Blue Delta Jeans, Nick and those guys have been waiting for me to get to Ole Miss. We're actually going to talk about Ole Miss and the portal a little bit today. And like I said, we'll get to the other guys later in the week. But they are doing some damage in the portal. We'll hit that in a minute. Blue Delta Jeans are something you need to be thinking about anytime and always. Christmas is coming up. You can still get that gift card digitally, get it set up, and you can actually get now fitted digitally for these Blue Delta Jeans as well. They're custom fit, the most comfortable denim you'll ever have, stretchy, flexible, breathable, multiple colors, multiple fabrics. They can get you set for everything. You can dress them up, dress them down, go casual, go nice. I love my Blue Delta Jeans. You will love yours. Go to bluedeltajeans.com, see what they can do for you, and don't forget to tell Nick and the guys you heard about them right here on Cube Show. Um, Furman. Middle Tennessee, right out of the gate, at Wake, Georgia Southern. Just got smoked in the bowl. Kentucky at home, at South Carolina, at LSU, week off, Oklahoma at home, at Arkansas, Georgia at home, open date at Florida, Mississippi State. Mississippi State on November the 30th, by the way, which is not Thanksgiving. That's what's on the schedule. All right, so should get off to a great start here. Firm in Middle Tennessee at Wake, Georgia Southern should be good. Kentucky game, we'll see what that is. At South Carolina, Ole Miss should have the advantage there. Tough place to play, but you go to Columbia, then come back, go to Baton Rouge. That's tough. That next week, and that's, that's you know it's a rivalry game. Week off before Oklahoma though, but you get them at home. At Arkansas, we know what that game is. It's been weird, but okay. Georgia, ridiculously tough. Get them at home, and if things are looking like they're going to go to the playoffs. That place is going to be rocking. I mean, the Vots going to be loud on November the 9th. Week off, you're at Florida. Don't know what they're going to look like, so a lot depends on how many wins they have is how difficult it is to play there at that point. And then, obviously, you get the Egg Bowl at home. So I like the schedule. I don't like South Carolina LSU back-to-back after you play Kentucky. So fifth fight of a game and then two difficult places to play. You go play Oklahoma at home and then you got to go to Arkansas the next week, but that's just gonna be what it is. So I don't look at many giant pitfalls in this old miss schedule. I think it's one that's pretty favorable. Now, there are a lot of people that just look at the schedule and say, whoa, buddy, I got him in the playoff. I'm not gonna go that far. I think we gotta do a little more homework than that, but I also think that it's feasible looking at that with the kind of team they may have, they could put a good season together. All right, Mississippi State goes Eastern Kentucky, year one under Levy at Arizona State, God, I hate going that far and coming back early in the season. Kind of like what we talked about with LSU. Uh, we saw State do it a couple of years ago. I've actually talked to John Cohen about that a couple of times when he was the AD there and just like how you have to manage so much around it. Auburn did it with Cal this year. It's, it's just a lot. It's a lot on the players. So you got to be careful of Toledo, a team that I think won 10 games this year, coming in next week. Florida comes to start field the week after. Then you're at Texas, week off at Georgia. A&M Arkansas, UMass, at Tennessee, open date, Missouri at Ole Miss to close it out. It's, it's rough, man. It's brutal. That's what I'm telling you. Like I, When you hear that schedule, I don't know how people can sit there and go, well, why is there not another one? I mean, that's, that's nasty, man. That is a nasty schedule to try to get through. It's going to be tough for Levy year one to see if he can manage it. Missouri gets some of that same treatment Kentucky and Auburn have. Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, Vanderbilt at home to start the season, then an open date. So we're into October. You've had a week off, and you haven't left Missouri. That's pretty nice. Four in a row at Faroe, and then you get a bye before you go to A&M, and then the weirdest game on the schedule in this league. You're at UMass, Auburn at home, at Alabama. Open date, Oklahoma at home, that's going to be a big one. You know, Faroe will be rocking for that one. And then this is what I don't like. After you get Oklahoma at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, Arkansas, to close it out. So you get two games on the road, tough venues, and then a rivalry game at the end of the season, back to back to back, after you sort of play this renewed rivalry with Oklahoma to start it out. So I do like the open date after you travel to Bama. Longer trip, physical game. If you were to drop it, well, extra time to get over it, figure some things out but I love how this team has a clear path to just go full sprint right out of the gate. Murray State, Buffalo, BC, Vandy, Open Date. Like That's a lot of momentum going to AM. and that's going to have a whole new roster. I mean, if you're talking about guys going to the draft and guys that are, have already hit the portal, they're all over the place for that squad. So we don't even know what that thing's going to look like. You could roll through that one, then roll through UMass, all of a sudden you got an Auburn team that we don't really know if they're going to be great before you get Alabama. So October 26th, Missouri at Bama, that could be one that we're not circling right now that we could be looking at as a mammoth matchup in the SEC in 2024. All right, Oklahoma, Temple, Houston, Tulane, Tennessee at home. So you get first four out of the gate, then you're at Auburn. I promise you Jordan Hair is going to be rocking for that one. Uh, week off after that, Texas and Dallas, obviously get the, the, you get the week off before you play in the Red River rivalry. Uh, then you get South Carolina at home at Old Miss, Maine on November the 2nd. That's just weird. Um, at Missouri, open date, Bama at LSU. All right, I'm not going to ever say I like you going to LSU at the end of the season. That's tough. I'm not ever going to say that Alabama LSU back-to-back, there's any positive spin to that, any way, shape, form, or fashion. It's just not a real thing. But I do like the fact that you have an open date before Bama, and then – Before you play at Missouri, you have Maine. So that's one where you can sort of regroup and you get the open date before the Red River shootout. So there are parts of that Oklahoma schedule not as bad. Plus you get the first four at home before you make that trip to Auburn. And you get a week off after you make your first SEC road trip. So they get introduced to SEC football September 28th. We're going to talk about that with Texas in a minute, by the way, like the SEC introduction. Some of you don't really understand kind of where I'm going with that, which is fine. I'll explain it further in a minute, though. But they get that September 28th and you get another week off. So I actually like Oklahoma's schedule. It's, not, it's one that I think is more manageable than people give them credit for. South Carolina, Old Dominion at Kentucky, LSU, Akron at home, open date, old Miss at home, and then high at Alabama, at Oklahoma, bye week, Texas A&M at Vandy, Missouri Wofford at Clemson to close it out. It's, yeah. You're at Oklahoma, you're at Alabama, you're at Clemson, you're at Kentucky. That is, yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a tough schedule. The non-con should help. Old Dominion, Akron, be able to get those. You get a week off into September, rolling into October with Old Miss at home. That helps a little bit. But that sandwich road trips, Tuscaloosa and Norman, no, don't like it. Uh, LSU week three, do not like it. As, by the way, coming off a trip to Lexington, don't love that, No. And then obviously at Clemson, last game of the year, just tough, tough. Arkansas got a little bit of a lighter lift. South Carolina, like I feel like, I don't want to say they put another plate on, but they definitely didn't take any plates off. Uh, Tennessee, UT Chattanooga, NC State and Charlotte right out of the gate. Kent State should be good. Um, NC State's going to have a new quarterback. We'll see how that thing can go. Um, Grayson McCall from Coastal is going to roll down there. They had rolled through a couple this past year. He'll bring some consistency Kent State, you'll be good. You're at Oklahoma in week 4 bye Bi-week at Arkansas. And then Florida-Bama, both at home, which is huge. Now, those are two, like, traditional 230 CBS games with Tennessee. Rivalry games, massive games, mean a lot. Games with implications of conference championship game, national championship, NFL guys all over the place. Now they're back-to-back after you make the trip to Fayetteville, by the way. So that's a lot. But then you get a week off. Kentucky stayed at home at Georgia, UTEP at Vandy. So you get a pretty good close. Uh, UTEP going to have a new head football coach. But anytime you're, you're at Georgia, you're, it's going to be a tough one. At Oklahoma, going to be a tough one. At Arkansas, a tough place to play. But I feel like that schedule's not that bad. In Tennessee, from a road perspective, especially none backed up against each other, actually got out pretty good with the way their schedule looks. Texas, this was a weird one. Because I feel like Texas got a pretty, pretty long runway, like a pretty smooth landing strip here to come into the Southeastern Conference. Colorado State at home. At Michigan, it's tough. No way around it. Texas, San Antonio, UL Monroe. They'll have a new head coach. Mississippi State. Open date, Red River shootout. Georgia at home, at Vandy. Open, Florida. At Arkansas, Kentucky, at A&M. As far as I'm concerned, and some people push back on this, Texas fans did, saying that's an old rivalry of ours. We know what it's like. We're going to be fine. Um, They don't really get indoctrinated to SEC football as an SEC team until November the 16th. Yes, they went to Tuscaloosa this year. Okay, different deal. But being an SEC team and the difficulties that lie within that are having to do it over and over and over and having to do it multiple times. Well, where are those spots? Is it at Vandy? I mean, yeah, Michigan's gonna be a tough game, but that's not what we're talking about. You get Oklahoma neutral site. Okay. Mississippi State at home, Georgia at home. At Vandy, you gotta play the Cranes. Florida at home. And then you go to Fayetteville. So the first one that is SEC centric that is difficult because of the history and the tradition and just the atmosphere and what it is and the energy, it's not going to happen until November the 16th. And I'm going to be honest with you. I like if, – if things are similar to what they are this year, I like the Texas-Michigan matchup. If Michigan were to get past Bama and Texas were to get past Washington, I, I wouldn't have to think about that game. I would like Michigan – I would like Texas in that game against Michigan. So I love Texas' schedule – I think they have an opportunity if they can stay similar to what they are this year. Really good up front on defense, all the movement and big playability on offense. I'd love to see a little bit more downhill run uh, and get that going just a little bit further. But they shouldn't be too far away from what they are, and they match up pretty well against a lot of the teams on that schedule. And there's not a lot of parts of the schedule that seem to make it even more difficult. The level of difficulty doesn't ramp way up with what with what Texas is going to have to face because of how they face it and where they face it. So. I feel like it's one of the better schedules in the league. A&M, Notre Dame out of the gate with Coach Elko getting year one started. McNeese at home at Florida, Bowling Green. You get Arkansas and Arlington, Missouri at home, take a week off. At Mississippi State, LSU. At South Carolina, take a week off. New Mexico State, I think the SEC learned about that team and Diego Pavia and those guys this year. Uh, Jerry Kill going to be ready to go. At Auburn and then Texas. So the road schedule, even though it's broken up a little bit, I don't love. Florida, tough. Mississippi State, tough. South Carolina, tough. Auburn, tough. Those are teams that a probably going to be more talented than. But now you walk into a hornet's nest and it becomes a much more difficult place to play. Uh, don't like opening up with Notre Dame. That's going to be a fist fight. I mean, so now you're beat up going into week two. Don't love that part of it. But you do get McNeese before you make the trip to Florida. Uh, and then you get Bowling Green before you get the neutral side against Arkansas. So there is some offset here. Week off after Missouri going to Mississippi State. I like that. Uh, I just don't like that. Starkville, LSU at home, Columbia, South Carolina. Because, I don't know, are are we still going to keep the mayor's, governor's trophy, whatever the South Carolina and A&M play for, the made-up rivalry that they got? Is that still a thing without divisions? I'm not real sure if we're going to try to keep that going. Either way, you close it out with Texas on November the 30th. I kind of snuck this in there a little bit earlier um, about – You know, Texas and, you know, the Mississippi State game, uh, the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Um, Mention that in just a second. Something else on that. First, um, you guys know about prize picks. Largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Uh, It's you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than less, more than or less than two to six player stat projections. And then watch the winnings roll in. Um, most fun I've ever had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Select two or more players, pick more or less against their projected stats, there's your entry. Uh, this week in prize picks, I'm on Christian McCaffrey, more than 75-yard rushing, Pat Mahomes, more than two touchdown passes, and yeah, Justin Jefferson, more than 100 yards receiving. You take your pick where you want to go. They offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you ever have a player who exits the game in the first half, does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So here's what you need to do: go to PrizePicks.com/cube, use that promo code, and they're going to match up to $100 in your first deposit. You can also go get the app, search Prize Picks in your app store, use promo code Cube, put 100 bucks in, and then guess what you're going to get? Have 200 to go play with. We got bowl games all week. You got NFL, you got Monday Night Football, and then you got obviously games coming up all around the holidays where you can get that rolling. So quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types. What makes Prize the number one daily fantasy sports app? Go to prizepicks.com backslash cube, use promo code cube, put a hundred bucks in. They're going to match it. And right there, you will get two hundred bucks to play with. All right. So I mentioned as of right now, the Egg Bowl, November 30th. Texas AM, and Texas, November the 30th. Now, I was on McElroy's podcast, College Football Every Day, and I always suggest you go follow his show, go follow Josh's show, Late Kick. Um, and Greg kind of dropped a little something in there when he had me on to discuss this and said, there may be a little bit of schedule of flexibility in that last weekend. Now, that could mean Missouri-Arkansas is really going to go to Friday. It could mean Egg Bowl to Thanksgiving. It could mean AM, Texas to Thanksgiving. Just give us... I'll ask Greg Sankey, give us one on Thanksgiving. Like, I just need, I need to be sitting around for Thanksgiving. Uh, Listen, would love to call the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving again. But we need a college football game from this league on Thanksgiving night because we've had two that have lived there before and have been awesome when they've been there. So I at least want to get one if we can. Friday game, cool. Big day, Saturday, that's fine. But at least give me one of those games on Thanksgiving. Please, got to have one of them. All right, Vandy's got Virginia Tech at home to open it up. Alcorn State next. Then they're at Georgia State. he will play at Turner Field. At Missouri, open date. Bama at home. At Kentucky. Ball State. Texas at home. At Auburn. South Carolina, week off. At LSU in Tennessee. I don't know how to escape this. It's nasty. It's brutal. It's rough. It's just rough. Missouri on the road. Kentucky on the road. Auburn on the road. LSU on the road. Alabama's coming there. Texas is coming there. South Carolina's coming there. Tennessee's coming there. Like, whoa! I think about the times that I have been in that stadium when I've had to see those Vanderbilt quarterbacks go silent count at home. And when I've looked up and been astonished at the amount of red and black that I've seen or the amount of purple and gold that I've seen uh, or the amount of orange and blue that I've seen. So maybe it's a little bit of a blessing that some of the construction will still be going on. I don't know. And that roster has been turned over as much or more than anybody else's, which is just insane to look at what's happened to him in the portal. So I did tell you that we would talk one team in the portal before we got out of here. And I've got notes on notes on notes on teams who have guys leaving. I've been studying the film. The guys coming in, I've watched them. We're going to break those down for you. and We'll get another episode and be able to do that. But I've got to get into this real quick. Lane Kiffin and company are dominating the portal. And he's been the portal king, and he's had success there. But what they're doing this year might be a little bit different than what we've – I love Florida State. Michigan State, the first go-around, maybe had the best we had seen. Oklahoma was really good the next year when they got a couple of the Tennessee kids. One, uh, they got Eric Gray and Wanyu e. Morrison, those guys. Florida State was really good last year. This may end up taking the cake. As of right now, Tyler Barron, Tennessee edge defender, is in for Ole Miss, committed. 6'5, 250, 27 tackles for loss in his career, 13 and a half sacks. Kid can play. Now, I don't know if he's the best locker room guy. I don't know if he's always motivated. But I like his versatility because they slid him down inside in some of their jet packages this year and he gave him a nice little inside pass rush. He's got enough twitch off the edge to be able to help you. Prince in Florida edge defender, has a ton of twitch and a ton of flexibility off the edge. Now, Austin Armstrong had him moving a lot. Run, twist, stunts, different things. But when he just dips and rips off the edge, he's tough to deal with, man. Like, really tough to deal with. Um, He's a little bit lighter at 250, 6'4", but he can get it. Like, that's a great get for Pete Golding to be able to utilize off the edge. And then you bring in Oklahoma safety Key Lawrence, 6'1", 195, who is a a bit of a thumper, big run stopper, super physical, but he'll upgrade the size on the back end. He's not going to help in coverage too much. Not a great coverage guy. If you're talking about like a downhill trade paint guy, you got one in Key Lawrence. Um, Tamari McDonald, um, a guy has been a little bit dinged up from Tennessee, played some nickel, um, had a shoulder last year. There was a bit of a problem. And, listen, he's played in 41 games. He's got four career interceptions. Like, experience. Pete Golden's going to need guys that can play different things. Safety, nickel. Free boundary, whatever. Like you gotta have versatility back there, and you gotta have numbers in the secondary in today's college football. So it's a pretty decent get. It's not where those other two are. And then today, Juice Wells commits. I had Juice Wells as the best receiver in the SEC going into last year. Now I still would have been wrong, even if he had the same year he did the year before, because Malik Neighbors was insane. But he has a chance to be. I'm not going to say the number one receiver because I, I right now would say it's me, Luther Burden. And I would say Trey Harris will probably be in the mix or be in the number two. But if he wants to be and he's healthy, he can be a top three receiver in the SEC easy. He can be top two, probably. He's big time. Uh, 50-50 balls. Physicality. Work in the middle of the field. Moving around. Like Lane Kiffin wants a matchup guy. If Juice Weld is healthy, he can be that matchup guy. 71 for 965, seven touchdowns in 16 games for South Carolina. He had a 116 for 1853 and 21 touchdowns in uh, two years at JMU. 6 one He's incredible. Here's the good news. I'll tell you a story about Juice Wells. Shane Beamer told us that when he first got to South Carolina, he wanted to raise the level of all the other receivers. So he was kind of pushing those guys, leaning on those guys. And – he had to call him in his office and he's like, Juice, we brought you in here for this. I love this about you, but like you got to back off a little bit, man. Like, you're gonna run my whole receiver room out of here. Because he was challenging those guys, pushing those guys, calling them out when they weren't working hard, calling them out when they weren't doing extra. Like, that's his competitive brain when it's going is elite. He had the foot injury this past year. Don't know how he comes back. He was also cleared, my understanding is this past year. Did not come back to play. Can totally understand not wanting to risk it. I get it. Tweeted out he was coming back to South Carolina. Didn't. I feel like South Carolina did the things they needed to do to keep him. That is what it is. Whatever. But the behavioral aspect of some of these guys would be my only mild concern. Can it be overcome? Absolutely it can. And it looks like Walter Nolan's going to be in there too. So you get the Walter Nolan deal done, and now you've had a Tyler Barron, Prince of Walter Nolan up front on that defense. Like, you've changed your front, totally changed it. And I thought they pretty much revamped it last year. It just wasn't going to have the twitch and the athleticism that this group could have if that gets done. Now, Walter Nolan, another one with the, can you get the motor going all the time? A little bit of injury issue dinged up. You'll go back to the program, hurt, injured type thing. We'll see. I don't know. It's not for me to judge. But from what I've been told, those are some of the concerns you'd have with those guys. But the reality is, Old Miss may be doing more in the portal than we've ever seen. And they're going to have a chance to have Jackson Dart back. Quinchon Judkins is back. Caden Priestcorn is back. Trey Harris is back. Offense can be scary, man. So, yeah, it's easy to look at that schedule and say, I think it could be pretty good. It's easy to look at the portal and say, could be really good. There's a lot going on in Oxford right now. And it's great news for Old Miss fans because that team is going to be able to move the football and that defense is just going to look different. I told you guys, go back and find an Ole Miss preview going into last season. I said, that defense will be 20 to 30% better against the run based on structure alone. Pete will know how to line guys up to at least be in better position to make plays more often, and they'll be more responsible. Now, I thought he was a little hyper-aggressive this year. I don't know if he backs off at all, but his brain coordinating that defense is just better. It is. And he has been great for Lane Kiffin. I shared some of those stories during the season, how Lane told us, like, Pete's really good for me because he wants to win a different style of game than I do. He helps me understand that I don't have to go score 45 or 55 in every game to actually win. And Lane told us coming off that Auburn game, we had him against Arkansas, and he said, it's the first time in my life that I have not gone into a game thinking I had to score on every possession to win the game. So take all of that with the portal guys, the schedule, Maybe Lane evolving as a coach? Possible? I'm not putting them in the championship game yet, like some of you are, but I think there's a lot to be excited about if you're an Ole Miss fan. All right, like I said, we're going to get another episode out this week, and we'll go through – there are a lot of guys. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. There's a ton of dudes. I've watched most of them. i got a couple more to watch. I have a different episode. Otherwise, we go two hours and break down some of the guys coming into the league, what I think about some of the guys leaving SEC teams, We'll get you up to date on all of that and some coaching changes and more next time we come back. Keep it locked here on Cube Show. Please click subscribe Uh, if you are listening on iTunes, if you're listening on Spotify. Please subscribe. Please rate. Leave a review. Only five stars. And please like this video if you're on YouTube right now and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you guys very much. We'll be be back later this week, not even till next Sunday.